T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Michael McGlaris. He is superintendent of the Connecticut Foundation Solutions Indemnity Company. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Aaron. Nice to be here. Tell us how a company such as this gets set up and what your purpose will be. Well, our purpose, of course, is to start paying some claims and to start making uh, people's lives whole again because we're committed um, uh, very much. Uh, my board is and I am to making sure that people's claims are reviewed objectively and fairly and promptly dealt with. This is our opportunity now to really uh, put this company in action and start the, the, the healing process. The reason that a captive was used is is pretty easy, actually. A captive insurance company is a specialized in insurance company, Aaron. It's not a commercial insurance uh, company in the sense that uh, uh, where you buy your homeowners or automobile policy from, or I do, uh, who you know, a company that sells broadly to the, to the public. A captive has a very limited purpose and a very limited license to do a very limited purpose. And so we used the captive statute to form of what we call CIFSIC, which is the initials, C-F-S-I-C. Um, it was licensed on August 8 of this year, and we think will be operational, we hope will be operational right uh, around the middle of December at this point. How common is a captive insurance company for issues such as this? Mm. For issues such as this, not common at all. This is the second one of its kind ever done in the history of captives. Captives go back centuries. In fact, you've heard of Lloyd's of London. Lloyd's of London was, in fact, in 1688, the first captive. But that's a story for another time. Bring me back and I'll tell you that one. But for purposes of um, paying out claims uh, to the public as a result of either um, uh, a very significant disaster or what we call certainly a slow-moving disaster, as we have with the pyrotite problem, the first one of these was the captive formed to pay claims for the World Trade Center disaster. That company was formed in 2001 and, in fact, is still operational. Much of what we've done with the creation of CIFSIC is we've used the World Trade Center captive as a model. There's been a public comment period, and there's mm. been no shortage of public comments. What are some of the takeaways you have after hearing what all these affected homeowners have to say. Yeah, it's been an important period. More than 500 comments have come through in what will be as of this Thursday a month uh, of public comment. We've had, um, I, I want to say from the outset, we've had nothing but really a strong flow of positive and constructive comments. People are beginning to get their arms around the fact that this company will launch, that it will launch relatively soon, that we're committed to objectivity and fairness, and the comments that they're sending us, by and large, are aimed at asking us to improve some part of our process that's up on the website now. And I and my team, along with my board of directors, will be sifting through these comments at our board meeting on the 27th um, as a kind of a preface to the launch, which I s uh, still believe is somewhere in the middle of December, I hope at this point. 
we've gotten some comments that clearly, um, uh, for, uh, you know, from some folks who've had a, a very bad uh, time of it in their lives, and we're sympathetic to those. We can't obviously underwrite to individual circumstances as an insurance company. We need to be as all-encompassing as we can and as broad as we can in our approach. But I have to tell you, we've received some really strong support from the public and excellent comments that I think a lot of which we'll embrace. When you start accepting claims, how will you prioritize how the money is distributed? Yes, let's start from the money standpoint. Um, What is absolutely clear in all the research I've done and what I've read and who I've discussed this issue with, and we've been on the job in my firm since the end of April, so we've learned uh, on a fast-track basis, Uh, We have a problem that far exceeds the amount of allotted funds we have, at least at the current time. I think the public is aware of that now. We've tried to send that message. Um, And therefore, we're prioritizing the foundations that meet a high degree of severity and where to get in and lift that house and replace that foundation quickly uh, is the order of the day. So we're very much prioritizing those. To be clear, we have a problem that is not 34 to 35,000 houses. There's no evidence that I've seen that says that. That would be a significant uh, problem. But do we have between five to nine, possibly 10 to 12,000? I think absolutely yes. Even if we have 1,000 at a replacement cost on average of $185,000 per foundation, uh, we have a $185 million minimum problem. I have roughly about 133 and a half million to fix it. So prioritization, those foundations which are in the worst shape, those people's lives which are um, in the worst disrupted, uh, that's what we're going after first. You essentially have two pots of money from which you can draw. What are those sources and are you hopeful that there might be other sources in the future? Yes, the two uh, sources of money. One is the homeowner's surcharge. I think many of your listeners know about that. Uh, it is $12 uh, per homeowner's policy in the state of Connecticut. And we hope to get, uh, over the next uh, uh, five years um, of our lifespan, uh, as much as about 37 or $37.5 million from those sources of funds. The second, and of course the larger of the two, is the bond commission allotment. We're expected to get uh, $100 million before... Uh, our lifespan is over on June 30 of 2022. So about 133 to 137 million uh, and change is what we can expect uh, uh, to receive, I think. Uh, And I want to make sure that I'm being clear that uh, about two things. I would fully expect that our lifespan is not June 30 of 2022. I've got a problem on my hands that will... uh, Uh, My guess is we've got a 20 to 25-year problem ahead of us. So this company's lifespan will be uh, extended. I'm convinced of that. Um, The the best way to summarize, though, the source of funding uh, is to say that we are going to quickly go through commitments for the 133 or so that we we can expect. and That's going to happen in the next 24 to 36 months. What sort of documentation will people filing claims need to provide? They will have to complete an application. They'll be able to do that online on the website, which is crumblingfoundations.org. Very simple. 
They'll be able to do that electronically when we launch. They'll also be able to print the application and hand complete it and send it to the claim adjuster. The preferred way is electronic because it is the fastest way. You're going to have to attach to your application points of evidence. Do you own the home? Was the home built uh, subsequent to 1983? All the points of evidence that are up on our website. I do want to point out, though, that, uh, Aaron, an important point for your listeners, there'll be two types of claims that CIFSIC will be paying. Very simple. Type 1 will be a foundation replacement. Type 2 will be a reimbursement of an existing replacement. In other words, where the homeowner went ahead and replaced the foundation, the enabling legislation calls for both types of claims to be paid by CIFSIC. And in fact, I'm guessing that a large portion of the public comments he received were from people who've already shelled out money in one form or another to, to make repairs and are saying, hey, I, I, I hope I'm able to be made whole or at least mainly whole. Yes, yes. no, that, that not unexpected. Um, right now, the current claims management guidelines up on CIF-6 website say that for our first short fiscal year, which is roughly whenever we launch, say in the middle of December, through June 30 of 19, we have a quota of eight replacements that we're going to pay. That's what the guidelines say now. We've gotten a ton of comments on that subject, as you can imagine. And my board will meet on November 27 and consider whether that quota stays in place or opens up. But I do want to point out something that's really important. If, for example, you are number nine in, in you know, date priority of when your application is received for a replacement, and that quota of eight stands, it sticks... You know, at 11.59 p.m. on June 30, you're number nine. One minute later, you're number one because the new fiscal year begins. So it isn't as if you've lost your place in line. You just move into the new fiscal year period. But having said that, I think that quota issue may change. I think a number of the points up on our guidelines may change over time because of the comment period. But let's be clear. We're confronting a major, major problem. Uh, We've got to make the money last as long as we can. We've got to disperse it in a fair and equitable way. We've got to help as many people as we can restore their lives. And candidly, Aaron, that's the biggest challenge we face. So there is a a time-sensitive component here. Once Mm. you launch, if you are an affected homeowner, you want to get that application in relatively quickly. Uh, I would. It is certainly clear, if you go on the website, what we're going to be expecting of you. To the extent... um, the application changes by question here or there as a result of the comment period to the extent the points of evidence you have to attach to your application change. Um, I can tell you right now that the vast majority of what you will need to submit in order to have your claim looked at by the claim adjuster employed by CIFSIC is already up on the site. And if I were a homeowner, I would be preparing because, uh, candidly, it's important you get your information in and you get yourself in the queue. Are you worried there might be a crush of applications as soon as you launch? Uh, Not only are we worried, we expect it. I think that uh, whenever we launch, which I fully expect now is, I hope, in the middle of December, uh, I think, I'll put it to you this way, I and my staff don't plan to do anything over Christmas except work. Let's put it that way. What is the anticipated turnaround time once you launch and once applications are submitted? Will it vary by the the case? Uh, it will, because there are three severity gradings, one, two, and three, that you'll have to 
you'll have to submit to the severity three grading being the highest, meaning your house is in the most peril. Once your application's received, all your points of evidence are received and reviewed by the claim adjuster, the actual turnaround announcing one of two things, either that your application's incomplete or that your application is complete, should be very rapid. It's a matter of just a few days. If your application is incomplete, you'll be told about what you have to do to fix it. If it is complete, you'll be told to go get a minimum of two bids for the work performed. And those bids will be subject to some price parameters that we've got up on the claims management guidelines. But I'll put it to you clearly, if in the middle of December we launch and you have a class three severity home, meaning significant uh, cracking, mapping, bulging of your foundation, you've got a core test, you've had a visual inspection, you've got your points of evidence, you go out and get two bids, you, you are rocking and rolling very fast under our system. The electronic processing should run very, very smoothly. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Michael McGlaris. He is superintendent of the Connecticut Foundation Solutions Indemnity Company. One of the, the things I was thinking about is when there is a pot of money that becomes available for repairs in a, a certain area, I'm thinking after natural disasters, sometimes there are less than above board contractors that come out of the woodwork hoping to get some of this work and really not completing it in a, a timely manner or even at all sometimes. Is there anything to guard against that or any tips you have for homeowners? Yes. Uh, tip number one is we are very much in partnership with Krog, and those people who know about Krog uh, know that they have taken a leadership position uh, both with respect to foundation testing and to some preliminary and I think very good vetting of contractors through their website. We're going to use Krog and we're going to refer homeowners to Krog not only for testing sources but for contractor sources. So that's the first important point. The second point is all contractors will have to be bonded. The only way that you're going to get a check out of SIFSIC is if you provide a, a, a performance and payment bond to SIFSIC in advance to securitize the cash we're giving you to do work for homeowners. So um, to the extent there's any default by any contractor uh, involving SIFSIC funds, we'll be able to call those bonds due uh, and recoup uh, any losses that way. The third issue, and this is an important issue for your listeners to know about, and, it, and it's, it's no surprise because it's been part of the public comment period, is SIFSIC doesn't have the resources to, to do everything associated with the replacement of your foundation. So if we had to rip out a deck, and obviously you want your deck back in order to get to the foundation to lift the house and replace it, we're not replacing that deck. There's always going to be a gap, I think almost always, between the amount that SIFSIC will, uh, will pay to restore the structural integrity of your home and anything extra that you have to pay to bring the property back into its original uh, condition. And we're going to insist that as we make progress payments to contractors, which we'll be doing along the way as they get their work done, they will have to show proof first that the homeowner has paid their share of that particular uh, progress payment before we pay ours. So we've got some, uh, some points in place checks and balances in, in place, which we think will help us assure uh, the integrity of the of the payment process over time. We talked about the two sources of, of money earlier. Is there still any hope that maybe private insurers might come to the table in some way to, to help with this? And would they interface with your organization in any way, or would that be a totally separate process? We have already had um, 
very constructive discussions with the Connecticut insurance industry um, uh, uh, through the auspices of the uh, association, Eric George, who's been very helpful to us. I've had direct discussions with a number of uh, key senior leaders in the commercial insurance industry. These are the folks that turn down these claims. Uh, I want to be clear, uh, I don't have any magic bullet here, but the one thing I am is a 40-year veteran of the insurance industry. I know why these claims were turned down. I don't take any position or opinion on on that matter. The, the superintendent should have as few opinions as possible. My goal is to get people talking to each other. And the insurance industry has spoken to me. We've spent more than six weeks uh, in dialogue. Key members of the insurance industry are now showing an interest in trying to help us. Um, because of the confidentiality of those discussions, I can't go further than that, except to say I'm reasonably hopeful that one or two major carriers here in Connecticut in particular will be able to give us some assistance uh, in the future that uh, will result in our uh, being able to help more people uh, across a broader spectrum. You mentioned that you had seen no evidence that we are talking about tens of thousands of homes affected. How confident are you that we have a grasp on how big a problem this is? We're not confident at all. Um, I'll be clear. Uh, I've never formed, and I've formed almost 200 captive insurance companies. I've never formed a captive insurance company where I didn't know what the outcome was. Think about what I just said. This is the first one. Um, you know, we, we, are, we are making this up, Aaron, each day as we go along. How many homes do we have? In how many communities? How long will it take to restore them? What's the total population of possible numbers of claims here? We simply don't know. But I don't really know any other way to tackle this problem except to launch. The sooner we launch, the sooner we take applications, the sooner we put people into the queue to have their claims adjusted and reviewed, the faster the information flows to us. And if I've got information, I can go back to state government, request more funds. I can go to HUD, request more assistance. I can re-examine, ask FEMA to re-examine their declination of this as a natural disaster. Because make no mistake, this is a slow-moving natural disaster. So the sooner I launch, the sooner I take applications, the sooner I begin to adjust some claims, the sooner we get some certainty around the data. This is a very emotional issue for affected homeowners. Is, is there any way of separating that from the work you do, or does it simply come with the territory? It comes with the territory. Uh, we are uh, in the business of forming insurance companies for tax-exempt and taxable clients that own captive insurance companies, and I've been doing it a long time, very, very long time. It's a business transaction for us. Somehow or other, it stopped being a business transaction for me uh, the second day on the job. Uh, I'm an insurance guy, and I'm going to form an insurance company, and it's going to deliver and pay claims to people, and it's going to restore some homes and I hope some people's lives. But let's be clear. Uh, I live in the northeast corner. Uh, my neighbors uh, are affected. I'm not. I go to the local farmer's market where I live, uh, and I'm buttonholed by people with a crumbling foundation, and I listen to them, and they are in intense misery and intense agony. And it is, you would not be a human being if you didn't respond to that need. So while this is a business transaction for me and my firm, it transcends that, let's be clear. There has been some concern that people have been reluctant to come forward mm. because they're worried that all mm. of a sudden their most valuable asset will crash in value. 
make the case to that person who maybe is is hiding in the shadows and doesn't want to even do testing because they're afraid of the results to to sure. come out and maybe seek help. Yeah, you know, uh, I was at an industry meeting not too long ago, uh, insurance industry meeting where people were talking about new new technological stuff in the treatment of cancer. And they were talking about the cancer gene. And, you know, the analogy I'll, I'll, I'll give is that, Aaron, you and I are both in this room here, and both of us have the cancer gene, hypothetical. One of us has got a tumor. What's the, what's the chance that the second person is also going to have one with the cancer gene? My best advice to homeowners is be guided by your own personal circumstances. I will say, though, that unfortunately... I don't think you can sell your home in the northeast corner without a pyrotide test, just like you can't sell it without a radon test. So at some point, we are all going to have to, as citizens, all of us together in the state of Connecticut, and that means people outside the 41 towns affected, we're going to have to realize that this is a statewide problem. What is an offense against one of us is an offense against all of us. If you live in Fairfield County, I'm sorry, this is your problem too. So the sooner we understand the the breadth and depth of this issue, the sooner we understand that you're postponing the inevitable, the faster we will find both state and federal remedies uh, for this problem. Because make no mistake, it won't be me because I won't be around 20 years from now, but the next or the next after that superintendent will still be dealing with this problem, guaranteed. You talked about bringing members of the insurance industry to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, there have been conversations with federal officials. Mm-hmm. People at the state level have been very active. Are are there any stakeholders that you haven't had conversations yet with that you think should be at the table? Yes. And it's the last stakeholder of all, which is or stakeholders of all, which is our fellow citizens. Uh, I I lived in Fairfield County for 30 years in Greenwich, Connecticut, before I bought and moved to Ashford. And by the way, I I kick myself every day wondering why I hadn't done that a lot sooner than 30 years ago. It's a beautiful part of the world. My wife and family and I live on the edge of the Yale Forest. It doesn't get any nicer than that. Uh, I will say to you that the next group of stakeholders for me is once I get this company launched and we start adjusting some claims and we start seeing a flow of funds – Uh, I want to tour the state. I want to make sure that town officials realize that we need people's support. This is a statewide issue, even if it is limited to the 41 or so towns in the northeast corner. If we ask you for funds, if we ask you for help, if we ask you to support a continuing surcharge past the 11-year mark on the the homeowner's policies, uh, don't fight it. This is a statewide issue. Just like the budget in Connecticut is a statewide issue, just like jobs are a statewide issue, the crumbling foundations point is a statewide issue. If you've ever had to deal with an insurance claim, sometimes it's not the easiest of processes. You said it. And sometimes companies are unwilling to pay. Yeah. Is it going to be a bit different here because the captive is not in the business of making money? Yeah, well, the captive is not in the business of turning a profit. If we did that, then the only thing we'd have is more money to put back into foundations. But there's a couple of points that are different that I'll ask your listeners to think about. First of all, this captive's not accepting any premium. That's an important point. Insurance companies get a premium, right? They're supposed to, they're supposed to, that's how it's supposed to work. The second thing that's happening is this company won't issue a policy. So that homeowner with a crumbling foundation already got a policy and already paid a premium to a commercial carrier who's turned this claim down. So we've cut through in the organization and structure of SIFSIC 
to launch this company under the concept, under the idea that we're going to pay your claim to begin with. We didn't get any premium. We have no policy language to argue uh, against, uh, you know, uh, adjusting your contract. If you present with your application complete, with your points of evidence intact, we are constrained to pay your claim. He is Michael McGlaris, superintendent of the Connecticut Foundation Solutions Indemnity Company. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Oh, it's morning. been a pleasure. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t